Hey, Faith Finder, before we jump into this week's episode, let's review what we discussed last week. So I'm going to talk about that one time I disobeyed God. I should have listened. I should have turned back. I should have went the other way. And why? Why do you keep pushing forward? Why do you keep trusting in your own strength? Why do you keep going further than what God has instructed you to go? When I go through a process with God and God has given me an instruction, sometimes I'm not able to see the full scope of it. I was in a space where I was running and I wasn't able to clearly hear from God the next instructions, the next topic. So yes, in my obedience, I didn't come on the air to give you guys a false message and say, look, I've got an episode for you guys today. But also in my disobedience, I didn't make enough room, enough space for God. You guys see how disobedience is so subtle? I was disobedient in my obedience and obedience in my disobedience. Disobedience is delicate. It's a perfectly disillusioned web that will trap you. You see, opportunities that you have been praying for and that you've been seeking are on hold because of your disobedience. Hello and welcome to the Big Bold Faith Podcast, a podcast dedicated to getting real bold and honest when it comes to living and fighting for your everyday faith. My name is Brittany Durfee, and I am your host. I am also a servant around here and so excited for you to be here. It is a new Wednesday, so you know it is a new episode of the Big Bold Faith Podcast. And if it's your first time here, hello, hello, hello. And if you're wondering, like, what is the Big Bold Faith Podcast? Well, we'll get to that in just a second. But let me say hello to my faith finders. Hey, y'all. Hope y'all are having the most amazing week and sending so much love and light your way. If it is your first time, hello, those are my faith finders, my ride or dies, and I hope that you will be a faith finder soon too. Um, The Big Bold Faith Podcast is really this ideal and um, us being bold in our faith, like the disciples and Paul in the book of Acts, they just walked around profoundly knowing who their God was. They weren't afraid to boldly claim before uh, Sanhedrins and people that look down upon them. And that is what we're hoping to to gain a little bit of confidence and gain a little bit more uh, stability and foundation when we're out in the world and people say, who is your God? Who do you believe in? What is your religion? What is your faith? And just saying, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the, the three in one, the Trinity. Um, let us never get that confused here. We are a kingdom believing podcast um, and the only one in true kingdom around here. But so excited for you to be here. I'm excited for this episode because it's going to be a golden episode. But let me first shout out and thank my sound engineer, Mert. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You hold us down every single week. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. But let's try something new before we jump into this week's episode. So I like in the morning to do a little breathing, a little meditation before I start my day with all the crazy. Um, And I hope that this can empower you to know that every morning that you wake up is a new opportunity. It's a new assignment. And though we have busy, busy, busy schedules and busy agendas, that you would just take the time to just breathe, to just take the day in little by little. So we are going to breathe a couple little exercises, and I'm going to pray a scripture over us. So it's a little different than culture because, you know, we're not culture around here, but we're going to breathe in. So let's practice this. You're going to breathe in. 
Okay, and then breathe out. Okay, let's try that again because I, I don't think people were really doing that, but that's okay. That was a practice round. So we'll breathe in and then breathe out. Okay, so you're going to do that, and I'm going to also pray this scripture over us before we start um, because today's Wednesday. I'm sure you're on your way to work uh, or wherever you are, and um, it just empowers me to know that I'm going in purpose and that there is like just a prayer or uh, a blessing that's blessed over me before entering into my day. So you guys breathe in. So breathe in, and I'll just start, and you guys just keep going in and out at whatever your pace and cadence is. So dear Heavenly Father, I am thankful. We are thankful, like in your word in Matthew 25, it says that we do not need to worry about life, that we will not need to worry about what we eat or we drink or our bodies or what we will wear today. Is life not more than food? Yes, God, it is. And the body is so much more than clothes, and we are so thankful that you provide us and you grant us with that every single day, Lord. Let us, if in our worry, just look at the birds in the air. They do not sow, reap, or store away in the barns, and yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. And so, Lord, if you can feed them, Lord, you can do so much more for us. Lord, let us not worry or add a single hour to our lives of worrying and causing anxiety that isn't from you. Let us seek first your kingdom and your righteousness today, and all the things that we need will be given to us. We are thankful. We are grateful. In your Son's name, amen. All right, you guys. So I'm titling this episode today, There's Gold in the Desert. Yes. Okay, we're going to go on a little scavenger hunt because why not? It is a Wednesday. Today, we're going to explore the topic of knowing that in order to get to your promise, you have to go through the desert. I'll say that again. In order to get to your promise, you have to go through the desert. I came across this topic because I've been in the book of Leviticus and Numbers, um, and if you've never read those two books of the Bibles, then you're an ain't and you're not a saint. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Shout out to Jackie Hill Perry. But um, essentially, I think that you have to read the Bible in its full context. It's like, similarly, if you were to just read like the last chapter, like if it's like a novel or something and you read chapter 18 and there's you know, only 20, you only get snippets of the Bible. And there's so many gems and seeds everywhere that you're like, oh, that's why Jesus said what he said. And oh, that's why the disciples and the Pharisees looked at him all sideways. And you don't understand that when you only focus on one scripture or only one book. And we get so stuck in the New Testament that we never look at the Old Testament and why there was so much conflict. Anyways, a lot of us will also only read Genesis and Exodus and then Leviticus and Numbers. We don't get to and maybe we'll hit Deuteronomy. But let me suggest in your reading time to read Leviticus and Numbers. Yes, there are some parts that are very slow. I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to want to fall asleep, but keep pushing. Keep going through it. We're going to just learn and glean as much as we can because we are still in gleaning season. And essentially that is coming to pick up anything that you need in your specific season and leaving behind whatever you don't. Maybe you come back next year and there's another episode that's going to speak into your life, that's going to navigate you in the season that you're in. And so gleaning, just listening, picking up what you need and putting down anything that you don't. 
But let's get into this topic of gold in the desert. So I was reading the book of Numbers specifically. Um, shout out, shout out to anyone that's read Numbers. And it got me to thinking that a lot of us don't ever say that we're in a desert season. We often say like, oh, I'm in a growth season. I'm in a fruitful season. I'm in a spiritual growth season. I don't know. But no one ever says desert season. And I think that this is going to change your mind on how you, you know, answer that question of like, what season are you in? Or how can I be praying for you? There's a desert season and we all go through desert season and we should all be encouraged to go through desert seasons because we, I think, and at least for myself, when I think desert, I think Israelites. And I think of, I don't want to be an Israelite. I want to be a David. I want to be a Job. I want to be maybe a Saul, a Solomon, a Paul, like any of those people Those are what I want. But all of them went through a desert season. When you think of Israelites, you think of they were wandering, they were complaining, and they died. But if we rewind a little bit, back in Exodus, they were in a hardship. They were in bondage. They were in slavery. And they cried out to God. God then sent Moses. Moses got them. And they went through the desert. Now, let's explore the different deserts. There's So many deserts. So I hope that you guys are taking notes because I was just like, another desert? There's not just one desert? And I'll tell you what each one of them means. So there's the desert of Sinai. So you guys have to understand they were in Exodus. They came out of of bondage. They crossed the Red Sea. And then for two years, they were sitting at the Mount of Sinai, also known as the Desert of Sinai. And you guys might know this because this is also where uh, Moses got the commandments from God. In this season, they were really set apart and God was just speaking to them. They were uh, listening, studying, and learning what God was trying to show them to come. Now, think about it. They were in bondage. They were in culture. They were in the nine to five. They were in the world. And God was like, I want to set you apart to be my holy people so that I can bring you into a promised land that's sustainable for you and what I promised Abraham. But I got to break some things off on you. I've got to change the way you think. I got to change the way you eat. I got to change the way you worship me because what you were doing and what I need you to do eh, is going to take some time. So they sat at this mountain for two years just learning, just hearing, just like, okay, I'm listening. I'm learning. Here I am. Then they get to the desert of Paran. So they moved here, and I think it's in the book, uh, or it's in chapter number 10, 11 through 12, where you'll see them move. And this is where they practically start putting into practice the very thing that God has told them. Here goes a little sneak peek to you guys. This is also the place where Abraham left Hagar. This is also the place David found refuge from Saul. All right, two little Bible um, extra credit points for you guys, but let's get back into the desert of Paran. Desert of Paran was preparation and helping them uh, get ready for get ready for their promise. Essentially, right? It's here where the Israelites started to also grow impatient. They were complaining. They were talking about their hardship, even so much to a fact that they said in Numbers eleven five through six. Ooh, y'all remember back in Egypt? We were. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. Y'all remember our best lives? We were eating for free. And it's like, y'all were eating for free. Y'all were slaves. Slaves don't eat for free. Like, you provided a service. And so they had romanticized where they had came from. This made me think about 
you know, some of us. There is probably a desert or this might be your desert where you're romanticizing like, dang, I really wish I was living back in L.A. Or maybe I really wish I was with that other person that we used to hang out with and kick it. Or, hey, I wish I had that job back. I wish, you know, fill in the blank. Whatever that is that you're romanticizing of like, that was the best season of my life. This is your desert of Paran. Then there's another desert. It's the desert of Zen, Kadesh. It's the desert of a sneak preview. You guys have all been to the movie, right? You see the trailers. It is like a sneak peek into like what it is to come. That's what the Israelites had. You guys know this uh, scripture, this story very well. It's been told so many times, but let me give you a little refresh. God brings them into Zen and says, you have 40 days to explore this land. This is the land of milk and honey. Go explore it. See what it is. Go look at the food. Bring some food back so that you can tell the rest of the Israelites the land that I'm preparing for you. But they go for 40 days and they come back and they thought it would look one way and it didn't. There was milk and honey, there was fruit, there was grapes the size of like people's head. And it took like two men to just carry like a a vine of grapes back to the desert with the rest of the Israelites. But the requirements were different because when they went, God never promised that there was going to also be the Amalekites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites. I mean, maybe he mentioned enemies, but all they could focus on was the milk and the honey. And I think sometimes we think of, we we get into this, this desert of Kadesh, this preview, and God shows us and says, oh yeah, I want you to like make a movie. I want you to go to the Ivy League school. I want you to like open the store. I want you to open and write the book. But then you look and you're like, that's a lot of work. I don't have the funding. I don't have fill in the blank. We have all these excuses and We were so focused on the prize that we didn't see the work. And the funny thing about this story is really there's 12 men that go. Out of the 12, only two come back and say, yeah, this is everything that God had said to us and so much more. And yeah, there was like some big people there, but we are going to defeat them. They had so much faith to believe that they were like, God said it. Okay, we down. It was the other 10 people that came back that saw a different whole story. They said, oh, we went and it was popping. But then there was all these people and they looked a lot bigger than us. They made us look like grasshoppers. And it was by those 10 people coming together in their fear, not their faith, and spreading lies throughout the entire Israelites that made the Israelites in this moment This is the conflict. This is the rising action. This is where the Israelites signed up essentially to die. And you might be thinking I'm overdramatic. Go back and read your word. I told you guys this is like good, good scripture. These people come back. They listen. They say, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to the promised land. Like, that's not what we promised. That's not where we're going. And we're deciding we're not going to do that. In this instance, God hears them be disobedient against the very thing that he promised to give them. This was their purpose. This was their calling. This is what God had ordained and appointed for them. And in that, God said, okay. So he tells Moses, tell those people they're going to wander in the desert for 40 years and die. And 
The funniest thing about this uh, story is like they get up the next morning after they hear the news from Moses and they say, you know what, we you we we hit our head. We forgot. Like, did we say that yesterday? We're actually going to go to the promised land. Let's go right now. Let's all go right now. Now, I don't know how many of them went, but there was quite a few that went to Canaan, but they went unprotected. They went out of their own timeline. They didn't listen to God. They were disobedient of their disobedience. So they were double disobedient. And God's hand was not on them. It says that they were chased out by their enemies. And I think of how many times has God like showed you a vision and then you try to pick it up later or once you see someone else do it and God's hand is not on it. And then you wonder why like, oh, dang, God, I thought you told me to move. I thought you told me to do this and delayed obedience is disobedience. When you go to pick it up and it falls through and you're like, but God, I thought this was you. And God was like, yeah, it was me at the time that I said it was, but it's not the timing. This was the wrong time. This was my promise in your hands, and that never works out. So now we have these deserts, right? We've got the desert of Mount Sinai. We've got the desert of Paran. We've got the desert of Zen, which is Kadesh, of showing the preview. Here is also where God in the desert of Kadesh tells Moses, tell the people to go back to the desert of Red, of the Red Sea, to go back to the desert of sin. And this is where we find, and this is the story that we hear so many people recount, the Israelites were wandering for 40 years. So they went back to the desert of the Red Sea, which is essentially the entry point of where they came from, and they were back to where they started. Now, get with me on this one, you guys. How would you feel If you were disobedient and God told you you were going to be wandering for 40 years and die, nobody's ever told the story of this story like like I've read it, that this is why you read the Bible. It would make so much of a difference if I knew, and not a good difference, a bad difference. I had always thought that the Israelites didn't know that they were going to die in 40 years or that they were wandering for 40 years. I just thought that they were wandering and like, dang, wasn't that the same rock and the same cactus that we saw the last time we went around? No? Okay, let's just keep walking. But to know that you're not crazy and you're like, yep, we still out here, just out here in the desert, sand on sand on sand, it would just hit different. It would be like, I think the pain and the correction would be even worse. So this is the desert, and this is the stage of correction. We've got Desert Sinai, which is studying and learning. We've got Paran, which is planning. Then we've got Kadesh, which is the preview um, into the promised land. And we've got the Red Sea, which is correction. And so that's four deserts for you. Just wandering, knowing that you were going to die before you got to the promised land. And it was only, I think it was anyone that was over the age of 20 that was counted for in the book of Numbers at the very beginning, because they take a census of all of the people. And those were going to be the people that had died. But there's a like fifth bonus desert that we kind of forget about. There's the Judean desert, which is also the uh, known as the Mount of Temptation, 
This is also where Jesus went into the desert for 40 days and for 40 nights. And if you guys ever see the number 40, 40 means testing. Um, and it's really this training period to to prepare you for what is to come, right? The Israelites were kind of getting prepared for what was to come, but God had to kill off some things of them that weren't of him to get them into the promised land. Jesus also went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. And out of all of the people on earth, he was the strongest of us mere humans. I found it kind of weird. And I don't know the theology behind this or if this is accurate or true, but why did the enemy tempt Jesus three times? I mean, he could have tempted him two times, four times, 10 times, but three times? Was he tempting each one of the Trinity? I don't know. That's just what I studied. But let's get back into the desert of the Judean desert, which is 40 days of just being fasted and focused. Can we start doing those types of fasts, you guys, where we're just fasted and focused on God, on Jesus, on hearing him directly? It could be food. It could be uh, it could be TV. Whatever it is, it's like, God, just give me focus. Let me just hear from you. Jesus did this on his regular. He knew when to seclude and exclude himself from people. He was not just doing this life, not just doing this thing by himself. And as I reflect over all the deserts, what I see is that the Israelites were never satisfied. They were in Egypt and they cried and complained. They were in the desert of Mount Sinai and Paran. They weren't happy there either. God showed them the promised land and they weren't happy. I wonder how many of us are in our promised land thinking it's a desert and we're not happy. So I'm going to ask you, what desert are you currently in and what's your posture? What do you need in your desert for the promise to come? Just think of this as a desert deposit. You need this to get into your promised land. This is not an optional thing. This is a requirement. The fasting in the 40 days was a requirement for Jesus. It's a requirement for you too. If you were to ask me what desert that I most align with, I think I would say the desert of Kadesh. God has shown me a preview of everything, and I see it, but you have to realize I have to come back to the desert of Paran to sit there, to still prepare, to still plan, to still show up, to still be consistent. A lot of us lack that. I lack that if I'm being honest. But the way that God works is he's going to meet us halfway. The Israelites didn't see that. All they saw were the enemies. They didn't see the milk and the honey. And what I want to encourage you is, if you're in the desert of Kadesh with me, knowing that it's going to take some work on your end. Similarly, when the Israelites were in the desert and God provided manna for them, they still had to go uh, get up out of their beds, go out of the tents, collect the manna, come back, stir it, fry it in a pot, make biscuits, make bread, all of that. There was still work required on their side. God didn't send them there without the instruction, though. God was going to give them the the instructions and the battles and the actions that they needed to take to take down their enemies in the most profound way, that it would have only been by God's grace that they were able to attack them. So I want to encourage you and ask you today, again, where is your desert? Where are you in this process? Stop looking at your season as like a growth season. Maybe it's a desert season. 
So as we wrap up today and we meditate on that this week, let me pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for just a desert season. Thank you for the gold and the learning and the instruction and the gleaning that you give us during these seasons, Lord. Let us be content in these seasons, knowing it is only by you and that you making us set apart as a holy nation, as a holy people to be pleasing to you, the one and only, the God Almighty, our Abba, our Father. Lord, show us where we are in any one of these categories. And once we're there, let us be aware, alert, and just coming to you humbly. Let us be opposite of the Israelites, even though we have the same traits, God. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mindfulness. Thank you for everyone listening under the sound of my voice. I'm praying on their coming and their going and their return the same. In your son's precious name, Jesus, amen.